0: I'm excited to kind of hear your story, and you're you're obviously a client, and they put me into these things blind, so I get to oh, all that great. curiosity, you know. I get to ask yeah. you questions, and, and but maybe you could tell me a little bit about yourself, and we'll start there.
1: So we're a regionally based company in Alaska. We have eight locations around Alaska and a distribution center here. So. Roughly 200 employees, the retail, you know, if if you think about we're in the tool business, industrial supply business and tools. So if you think about the tool section of Home Depot and just imagine that on steroids, that's us. So everything from floor tools to what we originally started as is a uh, place for contractors to grocery store shop for everything they need to do a job, except for the building materials. So everything from hard hats to fall protection, trash cans, you name it. Local only to Alaska? So we were sold to a a native corporation in 2015. So we've done some stuff outside of Alaska. For example, we supported uh, one of our sister companies on a contract at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. Essentially, they used our supply chain and IT infrastructure to run that contract with personnel you know their personnel on the site so yeah that, that worked out good it has worked out well and and we continue to look for opportunities like that because of our, our parent company about 75 percent of their businesses in government contracting so so there's good money there uh, yeah you know they're I mean the total company wide, it's roughly a five hundred million dollar a year company. So it's it's not the biggest one around in Alaska, but it's in the top ten. So that's super cool. Yeah. Um and how yeah. did the company get started? Like how did it get found? And so AIH started as uh, selling surplus nuts and bolts out of a Quonset hut. Uh, actually out of uh, old man Thompson's garage, and then into a Quonset hut. Kind of a unique thing about us is that our original articles of incorporation have the word territory X'd out on them, and then the state is typed in above it. Because we we became a state in 1959, and that's when our company was incorporated. So they were using the old territorial stationery to do articles of incorporation for new companies. So we became a company in 1959 and have been around ever since and have expanded, like I said, from Thompson's Garage to we have eight uh, retail locations, what we call our branded stores. And then we have a wholesale division that sells to about 400 dealers off the road system, which is not, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of unique to Alaska, right? You don't you don't think about in the lower 48, you don't really think about people being off the road system, but there's a lot of people off the road system here. So, so we support them that way. And then our branded stores are range anywhere between 15,000 square feet and 50,000 square feet. Wow! And what's a Kwanzaa hut? So I'm a Kwanzaa hut. You probably seen I don't know if you remember the old. uh, There was some old TV series like uh, Gomer Pyle had those kind of half circled buildings. That's a Kwanzaa hut. (laughs) Wow. And so that's where
0: you opened your
1: original store. An original store was on a Quonset hut. Yeah. You know, at the time, a main thoroughfare, which you wouldn't consider that anywhere close to a main thoroughfare. If you're from the lower 48, you would think you were in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: So Terry, how'd you get connected in with the company and what's your role with the company?
1: So I came to the company in 2005, it was a a little bit of a turmoil in our history, but that's neither here nor there. I came in as chief financial officer essentially. And then uh, with the idea that, that what was pitched to me coming to work for the company, I had been working for myself for a number of years, you know, my company had got to a point where it was either time to borrow money and get a lot bigger. take a lot more risk or go back to work for somebody. The owner of the company or the majority shareholder of the company at the time pitched this idea for me coming to work there. And then at some point have a shot at the president's desk, you know, if, if it fit. So smash cut to 10 years later, he passed away. I assumed the president's role, which was all part of the succession plan, you know, We'd planned out a succession and I was assuming the role of the president. Our majority shareholder passed away. And so I assumed the role a little bit early, about a, a year earlier than we would have because we had to market the company. And my role was to market the company. I wanted to market it with the management team that would go in the transaction. So we did that and we did that successfully. We had some interest from some publicly traded companies and and obviously, from uh, some native corporations, the native corporation won out. Bering Straits Native Corporation won that that uh, kind of won the bid, I guess. And we got a deal done. Just one thing to say: here's here's the number. As another thing, get down the aisle, right? That's <laughs> so right. So got it down the aisle, and you know the the president <clears throat> of Bearing didn't want to mess up something that they just bought, right? They they wanted to keep our mojo going, and uh, she's been true to that. She's kept every you know basically kept her executive team from kept them to just add to not take away from and we've been although when they bought us alaska went into a recession and has been in a recession now for five years we run on oil right everything right here it's all oil all the rest of it's just poor shit and gun smoke it's all oil pardon my french i should probably no i love it (laughs) that might be in the with the hut you know the hut (laughs) yes so that was uh you know, her deal was just only add two. Uh, now our people have probably the best health care in retail anywhere. We're still in the retail trade. So we're all, you know, fighting that uphill battle with between, you know, all the various, you know, the Amazons of the world and what have you. But we're pretty successful because our geography still works in our favor. Everything's got to come to Alaska, essentially, either by, in an airplane or on a boat. Geography plays a role. You know, we have everything here is, runs on a compressed timetable, right? Your winter construction period is on a compressed timetable because you got to work with ice roads, and ice roads are only viable for a certain period of time. And are the construction, the normal construction season is compressed because you can only, you know, tenting and heating. Uh, unfinished construction is incredibly expensive. So you, you want to get framed in, you need to get framed in, walled in and, and roofed up so that you can do your interiors in, in the winter months, but not be paying, you know, heat a tent. All of that actually contributes to our success of having the product on the ground in Alaska where people need it, when they need it. We carry, you know, roughly 20, well, not roughly, 20 some million dollars in inventory on the ground in Alaska at any given time. You know, we have it, but really, at the end of the day, is our value proposition to the market is that we have it where people need it when they need it in Alaska. Yep. You hold so, you hold the inventory so they don't have to wait
0: is basically the value. Proposition.
1: It, it, precisely. And, you know, the with the cost of labor and the compressed construction season, nobody can afford to wait. Right. If you have people standing around, you have just blown your margin. <laughs> no, it's not more any more complicated than that. And
0: how is you've got five years of kind of a depression in, in Alaska due to oil prices, but we also Re- have,
1: recession, yeah,
0: <laughs> recession, yeah. but we we've also had some weird supply chain stuff going on recently. So how has that been impacting you guys?
1: It's the same as everybody else, we're struggling uh, w- along with everybody else. We've had to find alternative sources for a number of things. We've seen prices go through the roof. Right now, I'm sitting probably 20% heavier in inventory than I ever have. I've got, I've got 25 million dollars worth of inventory on the ground here right now, just in anticipation of continued supply chain issues. You know, we're ha- we're having to stock heavier than we would ordinarily like, right? In anticipation of that continuing, you know, into 2022, well into 2022. And fortunately, our parent company has been supportive of that, right? I mean, because, you know, it's dollars, right? You're tying up real money. So that's where we're sitting right now. And, you know, we've been a, considered an essential business since the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, that we've been fortunate in that regard. And and our people have just done a phenomenal job at uh, supporting us, you know, staying and supporting our customers and making sure people have what they need. Love it. And Terry,
0: thank you so much for your time today.
1: Yep. Catch you later.